The second reading is taken from Isaiah, chapter 11, verses 1 to 10. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash round his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the zebra, and the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his place of rest will be glorious. Christmas is coming. It comes the same time every year, yet it still has the ability to surprise some people. But Christmas is definitely coming, and I hope that's not news to any of you. And if it is, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but it's only just over a fortnight away. But let's assume we already knew that. Let's assume we've already been getting ready, we've been putting up our decorations, got the tree up, sorted out the presents, getting the fridge and the freezer stocked up with food, excessive food for the one day that the shops are shut, opening advent calendars and going out to celebrate with friends and family. And then there's the ever-increasing Christmas card list. Christmas is a time of year where we communicate so much more with other people than at any other time. And we do that in the form of Christmas cards. It's a chance to send cards to people that you might otherwise lose touch with. A Christmas card with perhaps a message inside it is a nice way to stay in touch. I'm useless at sending Christmas cards. The first year we were married, we wrote Christmas cards. The second year, we sent those cards. The uh, third year, we uh, wrote some more, and then when we, yeah, we gave up after that point because we are just rubbish. But just so you know, the last date for posting your Christmas cards, if you do so first class, is the 20th of December, which is less than two weeks away, not far off at all. And did you know that each year, over 1.8 billion Christmas cards are sent within the UK? 
And that requires over 200,000 trees to be felled just so that we can send our Christmas cards and wish each other a happy Christmas. It's a way of sharing our excitement of Christmas with people that we know and people that we love. And those Christmas messages are important. For lots of uh, people, Christmas is the only time they hear from those living far away or from distant relatives. And messages matter. Well, Christmas is a time when God sends a message to the world. And the reading from Isaiah was part of that message for the people of that time that they had been waiting so long for. Isaiah was called to be God's messenger to those who lived in captives of the Babylonians. The Hebrews were despised. They lived in a world that had been turned upside down. Their daily lives were filled with conflict and injustice. And they weren't a courageous people, so they were really, really struggling. But Isaiah was sent to give them a message from God of good news. And that's what we heard earlier in the reading. And it's that vision, it's that good news of a changed future that God gives us today as well. Isaiah's first words were hope in the midst of despairing times. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. This vision starts with a metaphor of growth, a metaphor of new life, talking about shoots. The image of the branch from the roots of Jesse links the future with the past, with Judah's history with God, a history of election and favour. It also links the stability of a chosen people with a chosen place and promises that this land is still good, this soil is still fertile, and the branch will flower and bear fruit. It will flourish in order to provide protection and nourishment for people of Judah. There's still a future regardless of the past. There's still hope in the midst of despair. And in the case of the new branch, in this case even, the new branch is a king from the house of David whose gifts will come directly from God. And under his leadership, everything will be changed. Now this hope is good news for the poor, the meek, the oppressed, but bad news for the unrighteous, the sinful and the oppressors. The hope of God is offering good news, but at the same time forces us to see our world, our lives, our community for what it really is. In parts broken and sinful and definitely in need of change. Jesus is the hope that Isaiah spoke of. He brings about the change that's so desperately needed in the lives of so many. Jesus, the saviour of the world, is the one who changes things and the one who we welcome at Christmas time. And you know, Christmas is coming, and by that I mean Jesus is coming. But the world continues to fight and wars rage, unaware that a saviour is about to be born. Christmas is coming, but people still suffer at the hands of others. And others go without the things they need for the daily existence because of greed from other people. Christmas is coming, but injustice is rife in so many situations. Christmas is coming, and we are in danger of prettying it up so much that we miss the reason why Jesus came to our broken world in the first place. 
Christmas is coming and we risk missing the power and the majesty and the promise of a changed future because we don't see past the little baby. But Isaiah could see the way this promised Messiah would change things. Isaiah had a vision for a whole new way of being, a whole new way of living. And Jesus was born as the fulfillment of that vision. Jesus came as a baby all those years ago to change things. He came to change our hearts and our minds. He came to turn upside down the things that we accepted as normal. He came to show us a new hope, a new vision, a new future and a new peace that only he can bring. Jesus brings hope. And we need to make sure that we're ready for that hope at Christmas time. Because it's not a faint hope. It's a sure and certain hope that we have in Jesus. It's not a far off hope that there's sometime in the distant future, not at all. It's a hope for right here and right now. And we need to be ready. Because Christmas is coming and we don't want to miss the hope that it can bring to our lives here and now. So often we miss what Jesus wants, us, wants to do in our lives right now. And we miss out on God's promises to us because we think there's some distant thing in the future. But the hope Isaiah is on about comes to us in ways we could never imagine. You see, Christmas is coming and the message of God's peace is one of hope. Hope in Jesus. That hope is for peace in the world. And wouldn't peace be nice? Wouldn't it be great if there was no more fighting and everyone just got on with each other? Wouldn't it be nice if there really was peace on earth? Or if we can't have peace on earth, let's have peace in this nation. Wouldn't it be good if our politicians agreed with each other? And wouldn't it be good if everyone had enough to live off? But if we can't have peace in this nation, what about peace in our families? Wouldn't it be good if we managed to get through a week without arguing? That's not a confession. Um, wouldn't it be good if children, if children didn't argue or whatever, or siblings didn't argue? Wouldn't it be good if we could have peace in our families? And if that's not possible, what about peace with ourselves? Wouldn't it be nice if we weren't so harsh on ourselves all the time? Wouldn't it be good if we could invent another day in the week so we can get everything done without being stressed? Wouldn't it be brilliant if we had peace within ourselves? But maybe if we can't have peace in the world, we can't have peace in the nation, we can't have peace in our families, and I'm not actually saying we can't have, but if not, wouldn't it be nice to have a little peace just before Christmas? Wouldn't it be nice if in preparation for the peace, Prince of Peace, we had a little bit of peace in our lives this year too. You see, deep down inside, we all long for peace. Deep down inside every one of us, there's a deep God-given longing that there would be a greater sense of peace within ourselves, within our families, within our nation and between nations in the world. And Isaiah felt the same way. Isaiah was a prophet in the Old Testament and he was on about exactly that. He had the same longings. He too longed for peace like a man in the desert longs for water. 
or like a starving man longs for bread. That's the way Isaiah longed for peace. Because when he had this vision, it was about 700 BC, and the Jews had been fighting for countless years. And it was a social norm of the day for people to grow up wanting to kill each other and fighting all the time. And he was tired of people fighting and he longed for peace because he'd experienced so much war. You see, we are made for peace. You and I have been made by God to be peaceful people. We, almost, we always feel much better about ourselves when we're at peace. And Isaiah was a dreamer of peace. And his vision and his possibility for our lives are real. We're told in verses 6 to 9, The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put his hand in the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That picture of peace is a massive change. A massive change to us and a massive change to the people of the time. We're picturing a pasture where wolves and lambs live alongside each other and neither are afraid. Lions, cows, bears all live in the same place in peace. This message from God not only brings hope of a new world, of a new way of living, but it's a place where peace and justice rule. You can't think of anything more wonderful than the thought of such peace and tranquility, can you? Where bears and cows graze together. Well, Let's think about it for a little minute. I mean, really think about it. Look past the lovely picture of a field full of different animals all getting on. And just think about how reckless that possibility really is. How reckless it is for cattle to let down their guard and graze with lions. I mean, really. And it gets worse or better, whichever way you look at it. Imagine children shepherding the bears, the wolves, the sheep, the goats, the leopards, and the cows. Imagine young children playing with snakes and no harm coming to them. Just imagine what that would be like. Because that is Isaiah's vision of peace. It's a peace that seems impossible. It's a hope for peace. It's a true peace like we've never known before. True peace is so idyllic that we can't really take it seriously. And that's our problem. We don't take it seriously because it seems so distant. We don't take it seriously because it seems like an impossible dream. Our own hopes for peace lie mainly in human efforts to sort things out, to reshape society to something that we like and something that we can deal with. But Isaiah, on the other hand, well, his vision, it's based on offering a hope in Jesus who changes things, in Jesus who changes people and who comes to us at Christmas time. The message we often hear at Christmas is one of peace, and, peace on earth and goodwill to all men. 
But unless we're actually really open to that, then we're in danger of entirely missing Christmas. You see, we struggle taking on board Isaiah's vision of peace because we don't always fully understand what peace really is. You see, some years ago, an art contest was held in in a main seacoast town. Local artists were invited to submit a painting that portrayed the idea of peace. Loads of pictures that were um, entered depicted beautiful scenes of peaceful landscapes and gentle waters lapping onto the shore. But the picture which took first prize showed a rocky sea coast in the midst of a violent storm. Waves were crashing against the rocks and on first glance it was nothing alike peace at all. But on closer examination on the painting, you could see that it showed a seagull, just a tiny bird huddled in a cleft in the rock. All around, the angry sea pounded on the seacoast, but the little gull shielded by the the rock was safe and secure in the midst of the storm. That's much more like the peace we're on about. Not a lack of conflict, not an idyllic picture of a pleasant view that doesn't really hold any power but a real presence that holds us and keeps us safe in the midst of our turbulent lives. This peace through whatever we face is the peace that Jesus offers us at Christmas. This new way of doing things, this new way of seeing things, this new way of trusting our lives wholly to him and seeking his will before all else, knowing that he will provide for us and sustain us. Well, that's the peace we're in danger of missing at Christmas time. See, in case you didn't catch it, Christmas is coming and if we're not ready, we'll miss the power for change that only Jesus brings through the peace that he offers. Isaiah's vision of a world where peace and justice are possible are based on that same conviction that it's God who brings us peace. And in the middle of wars, in the middle of violence, in the middle of suffering and pain, we shouldn't ever give up hope because God is already at work in our lives and in the, work, in the lives of those around us. And one more thing about this peace that Isaiah is on about. Verse 9 said, They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. When the earth is filled, totally filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea, That will make all the difference. Because that bit filled as the waters cover the sea, well, that means completely. Nothing left untouched, everywhere totally drenched with the love and hope and peace that Jesus offers. That's the whole world, but it's us individually too. It's hard to admit, but there are sometimes parts of our lives that we don't let God have control of. There are parts we'd rather keep to ourselves There are aspects that are perhaps not as they should be. And we try and keep them from God. We let God have total control of our lives, but only so far. At a testimony meeting at um, the Keswick Convention, you might have heard about it, um, a man got up and said that he'd had a great blessing that week at Keswick. They asked him, what can you say about it? Well, he replied, I can say this. I was a Christian before I came to Keswick. Christ was my king, but I'm afraid he was a constitutional sovereign and I was prime minister. 
Now he is absolute Lord. And that has made the difference in my life and brought me a blessing. Having Jesus as absolute Lord of your life will bring the peace that only he brings. Giving him total control over everything is what we all need to do. Let this Christmas time be one where we allow Jesus to take control of every little last bit of our lives. Let's accept him into our lives more fully than we've ever done before. And let his peace fill us as the waters cover the sea. You see, God's message for us at Christmas is a hope of a world where love is greater than any human hatred or pain or anything else. And Isaiah's vision is that one day God's peace will prevail totally in our lives, in our families, in our nation, in our world. Christmas should make a difference because Jesus makes a difference. Christmas is coming. That message is a message that can change your life. And I use the word can in there because it depends what you do with it. So what do we do with Christmas? Well, the way I see it is we have two choices. We either choose not to take it seriously, choose to either really stop and think about the making Jesus the Lord of our whole of our lives, every last bit, or we ignore it. We can open our hearts to him totally, fully, completely, or choose not to. We can take Christmas seriously, or we can act as if it never existed. And whilst I would be the first in line to vote that Christmas would be cancelled, I never really mean that, because without it, we'd be missing out on so much. Missing out on the reminder that we need of the hope of the chance for peace through Jesus and you know what Isaiah's message to us can sometimes get lost in the middle of everything that goes with it and because Christmas is coming it is our privilege and our responsibility to tell others about it we're in a minority these days of people who actually celebrate it for the real reason and care about why we do what we do at Christmas and there's a whole world out there there's a nation there's a town there's families and friends who need to know about it you don't need me to tell you why Jesus came at Christmas to offer us a new hope and a new future even though that's what I've just been doing but there are people out there who need to hear that there are people out there who need to celebrate well, who only celebrate Christmas with just the outward trappings, when instead they need the opportunity to experience it, to experience the love of Jesus for themselves. They need to experience the peace and the hope and the love that only Jesus can offer. They need to experience the vision that Isaiah brought all those years ago. So whether it's by sending them a Christmas card with a conversations we have with people day by day whether it's by popping around for a brew making that phone call you've been intending to make whether it's by standing in town with us on Saturday afternoon giving out stuff and telling them why we celebrate Christmas and yes that is a shameless plug whatever way we do it let's be people who communicate God's Christmas message to those around us this Christmas time Christmas is coming Let's tell other people about it. Amen.